going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here, back with another episode of the No Huddle Show. I'm here with Mike K. If you hear a crying baby in the background, that is just Mike. He, he's upset with my takes, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're back in the mix. You know, we're, we're getting closer and closer to the off season. It's pretty much rumor season right now. But we, we kind of wanted to dive into what the Eagles need this offseason. And, and we're, we're going to do a little activity where Mike and I both kind of came up with some guys we think the Eagles should target at each of the positions of need. And we're going to explain why we think those guys are the right fit. But first, there's a couple like newsy-ish items to, to go over. First, as usual, Nick Foles. I feel like there's a Nick Foles update at the beginning of every episode. I feel like we need like a, a song of some sort to, to, to emphasize Nick Foles. But uh so there's one team that's officially eliminated. The Denver Broncos, for some strange reason, traded a fourth-round pick to get Joe Flacco into the mix. Joe Flacco has an $18 million cap hit that the Ravens don't have to pay any of it. Actually, I looked at the contract. Um, the Broncos might not have been targeting Nick Foles anyway, but this still this still like baffles me. I don't, I don't know if John Elway is, has CTE or something. like it. it just doesn't make any sense. So you're a big basketball fan. You remember when Michael Jordan took over basically personnel for the Wizards, yeah. and he couldn't really figure out who, what a good NBA player well, he, he looked like. He does that on the Hornets now. He still is kind of like... Right, yeah. but like... It's like he, the idea of like a winning player is what they go after. Right, yeah. he's, he's gotten better at it. Not much better, but my point is, is like, sometimes when you're really good at something, you have no perspective outside of that, and John Elway is a terrible quarterback evaluator. You can talk all you want about, you know, the Super Bowl they won. He... he inherited a great defense. He was somehow able to talk to Marcus Ware and Peyton Manning into playing for him. And then after that, it's kind of fallen on his face. Brock Osweiler, um, Paxton Lynch, who Paxton Lynch might be the biggest bust quarterback wise in the last five years, even with Christian Hackenberg taken into consideration. Uh, he had Trevor Simeon. He had, he just paid a lot of money to Case Keenum. This is a this is just a mess in Denver. That said, Ryan O'Halloran, my former uh, adversary in Jacksonville, uh, he reported that a league source said that Flacco's a really good fit for their offense, better than Foles, just because he takes a lot of under center snaps, um, which I guess is fair. But I think if you're if you're really dictating how you're gonna play your offense before you have your quarterback, that, you're doing it that, wrong. That, seeing those reports kind of made me laugh a little bit. It just like so they're so clearly just like they're thinking way too simply about it like that's such like an old way of thinking you you get the best quarterback that's whether that's Nick Foles or Bridgewater or a rookie like it's not Joe Flacco like I I you know maybe John Elway is having flashbacks to that Super Bowl from like seven years ago at this point when the last time Joe Flacco was I mean he had a couple good seasons since then but the last three to four years he's been bad he thought he pretty much lost his starting job to Lamar Jackson who can't really throw the ball yet um and which is almost unheard of for for a starting quarterback to lose his grip on a position with the same coach he won a Super Bowl with, with the same owner he's won a Super Bowl with. The only time that's really happened is Joe Montana when he went to Kansas City. You know, they made the transition to Steve Young, but Steve Young had already started in the league, had done things with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, had replaced Montana at times during his career in the late 80s, early 90s. This was just flat out getting replaced. I mean, they 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 went the Ravens went into the draft trading up to 32, knowing that they wanted to target Lamar Jackson at the end of the draft, knowing that they wanted to replace Joe Flacco. And so to tie this back to Foles, um, you know, there, there have been some people who said, you know, I don't think it affects Mark that much. Maybe they weren't going after him. I disagree just because it's just one less 
like negotiation tactic that his agent can use. It's one less team that's out there because you and I have both from the beginning have been beating the drum that there might not be as much interest as everybody is assuming there will be. And I think that's becoming more and more obvious as teams have made decisions. You know, uh, there was a, a story in the on ESPN where the their Redskins writer John Kime wrote that the Redskins aren't going to pay significant money for a veteran quarterback. You know, that's just one reporter's opinion, I think, but he's doing that based off knowledge he has. And I, I never we we both didn't ever thought the Redskins were a great fit for Nick Foles anyway. So if you eliminate them, then what's left is the Dolphins, who we, you know, we, we discussed all of this last week, but the Dolphins, they're rebuilding, and that, that just doesn't seem like a good fit from either end, although Brian Flores knows as well as anyone what Foles is capable of when he's at his best. And then you have, uh, you know, the Bengals, doesn't seem like they're going to move on from Andy Dalton. The Raiders are a wild card, but, you know, how much an upgrade is, I mean, you have to do a lot to go from Derek Carr to Nick Foles and is it worth all that effort and you know the, the big one is the Jaguars obviously you and I both don't think it's like an amazing fit but it might be his only option as as we're looking right now um and then I I, I published something today I reported that you know Foles has some interest in potentially signing with the Giants in the event that they move on from Eli Manning which is certainly not a guarantee because nobody knows what Dave Gettleman is thinking I don't even know if Dave Gettleman knows what he's thinking uh, as it stands right now I until I see any evidence that they plan to move on from Eli, I, I won't consider them. But if it becomes clear that they would be willing to do that, I think the Giants are not only the best fit for him, I think they would be the most likely team to sign him. Well, and and to add further damage to his market or his opportunities, Case Keenum, who could be cut, has a background with Pat Shermer as well, had his best career year under Pat Shermer you know, has familiarity with that offense. And to the point that you're trying to make, Case Keenum would be significantly cheaper than Nick Foles. At the at the same time, it would allow you to probably keep Eli Manning. They've got about $25 million in cap space. Maybe you say, hey, Eli, we're going to bring in this guy – you know, your feet are to the fire. You have to play well this season or we're going to we're going to yank you. And then you at least have Keenum if the team's five and five at the ten, 10 week mark who can replace Eli if they're winning despite Eli. And I think if you're if you're not feeling comfortable about trading up for a quarterback and you feel like you need to get a better pass rusher or you need to get better interior pass rush for the for the Giants, that makes a lot of sense. There's really two guys in this quarterback class, and one of them, there's reports that the Giants think that Kyler Murray is too small, and frankly, I think part of what he's doing is a leverage game. So if you don't feel like you can trade up for Haskins, you feel like the Jaguars or, or the Dolphins are going to make a competitive offer to, with Arizona or another team in the top three, you know, maybe it makes sense to just go the veteran route, and maybe Case Keenum's your, your safety net for the year after as well. You sign him to a two-year, $15 million deal. Yeah, he's an expensive backup, but we've seen with Nick Foles, having a good backup is paramount, really. And a lot of the anti, you know, from the fans' perspective of teams that have talked about getting Foles is, you know, we don't want to pay him $25 million. That That's a lot of people going under the assumption that the franchise tag thing is going to happen, which I don't think it will still. I mean, it still can. February 19th is the first day they can do it, and then they have like couple weeks to 
in that stretch is where they can do it. Um, but I'm not entirely convinced, number one, that he's going to get the franchise tag. And as we discussed, if the market's smaller than everybody seems to think it is, my guess would be that he signs the sort of contract that he signed with the Eagles this past year. You and I were talking about that before the podcast. Uh, you know, really incentive-laden that maybe sounds like a bigger contract than it actually is. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of those what they call like an agent win where, you know, the GM will do the agent a favor by, you know, making it look pretty, but it's not necessarily – Telvin Smith's the guy who got a an agent win contract if you look at his contract. But when you look at the Jaguars um, – because we, it's starting to look like they're the only possibility. What I would suggest with the Eagles, as opposed to trading for a pick, I would ask for somebody on that defense. Like, that's what I would do. That that would appeal to me. I don't need another third-round pick where I'm going to draft a... Um, Backup safety. Or yeah, you know, like, this draft is good. I, I'm not, like, hating on the draft, but... You know, you're going to get your compensatory picks. You do have to have some experience up front. And if maybe you don't want to invest in the linebacker position from a draft standpoint, Miles Jack's pretty cheap right now. You don't know what the Jaguars are going to do. They, like the Eagles, do not put a lot of emphasis on the linebacker position. Maybe you say, hey, you know what? We'll take Miles Jack for, for Nick Foles straight up and let's just do that. He's playing on a cheap contract. You can maybe sign him to a cheap extension. He could be your middle linebacker for the next several years. So I think <clears throat> the Eagles. If they do franchise tag Nick Foles, which again, I agree with you, I don't think they do, this will be a very interesting situation because if Jacksonville is the only team in the market, they're going to end up being screwed because the Jaguars are going to say, you know what, you can't have a $25 million guy in your books, we're not competing with anybody, we're not going to keep compete with ourselves, Why, what's the point of this? Boom, you're stuck. I agree. All right, we'll we'll table that full discussion because I'm sure by the time we record a podcast next week, there'll be another team that drops out or something weird happens. But real quick before we get into our free agency activity, uh, there's been a lot of like questions and talk about Antonio Brown because he pretty much officially, it sounds like he had declared it privately already, but he declared that he wanted to leave the Steelers pretty much in a weird tweet that had like highlights of his time in Pittsburgh, and he's like, "I love you, Pittsburgh." It was he's a strange guy. Um, you know, there's. It's a very interesting discussion, and the Eagles are always going to come up for guys like that because everybody just assumes Howie Roseman's always going to be in. Because the, the reality is, he he ch- touches base on every player that becomes available. That's what they say. Um, Nick Brown he puts his foot on the pe- keeps his foot on the fe- yeah. blah, 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 blah. and Brown is yeah. the best wide receiver in the NFL when he's healthy, and he's usually healthy. But and also, you know, there's a lot of talk about his cap hit. It's less than you would think because the Eagles wouldn't have to pay the entire thing. It would be the base salary portion of it, which is around 12 million, I think, which is a lot, but not if you're the best wide receiver in the NFL. But that's all being said. I don't think the Eagles are going to be making a move for Antonio Brown. I, I don't know what a trade would cost. Probably a lot because it's, the Steelers would have to incur a pretty heavy cap hit. He's the best receiver in the NFL, and then you have all these other factors of he's a diva. He's like an old school Terrell Owens type diva and maybe weirder than that. Um, you know, he's the sort of talent that the risk maybe is worth the reward, but I, I just don't think the Eagles need to take that risk. So a couple of things to your point, 12.6 million would be his base this year. Next year, I believe he makes 13 million and then he's got another year that's around that range. That's very affordable for the top wide receiver in the game. That said, I'm pretty sure he'd want an extension because he has no guaranteed money left on that deal. The Steelers are going to have to incur a 21 million dollar salary cap hit. They're not going to, you know, 
they're not going to take that hit for nothing. And so I think there are a lot of people that were dismissing the fact that he wasn't going to get value in return in a trade market. I think that that's ludicrous. I think the Steelers can, there are so many teams with such heavy cap space and such like the open, Arizona, Arizona Cardinals. Well, but teams that have open windows to win. Yeah, yeah. The you Jets, look at like the teams you, like that. Yeah. yeah, you look at San Francisco. Bills. You look at Indianapolis. Are you telling me Antonio Brown wouldn't want to go to Colts, Indianapolis? The Colts, especially, they have no right. money committed right now. Right? Like, why wouldn't they take him? T. Y. Hilton. They're, they're, they they Marlon get a good haul, I think. Yeah. Uh, who wouldn't want to play for Frank Reich right now? I, I'm I'm willing to sign my one month old to to be his punter. Um, but look, I just think. If you think that he, they're only going to get like a third or fourth round pick for him, you're crazy. But you're again, the team that does that is going to have to trade that pick. Then they're going to probably have to sign an extension, and all of that needs to be vetted beforehand. They have to trade him before March 17th, or there will be another two million uh, added to the added to the pot. Like roster bonus, it, or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, right. So again, you're not going to have a lot of time to make this move. He has tried to publicly damage all the leverage the Steelers have, which it won't help him, by the way. And so this is an interesting situation right now. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think so we both pretty much agree it's unlikely that they trade for him, and I'm not sure that I necessarily would if I was the Eagles. Uh, to that point, too, I wanted to say this. The Steelers have had a Hall of Fame quarterback, the best wide receiver in the game, and the best running back in the game. What has that meant for them? You know, like that to me... Chaos. <laughs> But, but like, to, to me, that tells you how much the value of those positions are because they haven't had a terrible defense either. So you look at that. Is Antonio Brown worth you not signing a top defensive end? Because I don't know about you, but I think I feel like they make two splash moves in this in this offseason, one via trade and one via free agency. And I think one of them will be a defensive end. And I would much rather have a top proven defensive end who can give me 10 sacks a year than a guy who leads the team in receiving yards, but is also a pain in the butt when he's not getting tossed the ball. You still have Alshon Jeffrey, who has a $14 million cap hit. You still have Nelson Aguilar, who isn't probably worth the $9.4 million that he's due from his fifth year option, but is worth sticking around for the long term. He is, in my opinion, still one of the top 10 slot receivers in the league, and he's more dynamic than probably anybody else on the wide receiver group. And then on top of that, you have two emerging tight ends, one who just set the NFL record for receptions and another one who is going to be an absolute stud once they figure out how to use him more consistently. You want to take away looks from them as well? I I, I just I don't think Antonio Brown makes a lot of sense for the Eagles. I think he makes a lot of sense for San Francisco. I think he makes a lot of sense for Indianapolis. I think he makes a lot of sense for the Jets because everybody makes sense for the Jets, given that roster. That might be the second worst roster of the last 10 years. And and the Browns went 0-16, and the Lions went 0-16. I mean, like, like this is – they're a bad roster. So, again, I, I think the Eagles would get – if they were to enter the fray, would be negotiating against teams with higher picks and teams with way more salary cap space. Doesn't sound like a really good good opportunity yeah. for them. I mean, the Eagles bring him on, they would then have to get rid of other players. So it's almost like you're, you're – 
trading players and picks for a player. <laughs> so there's a lot of risk. So we can use that as a segue. I, you know, just talking about that, you know, I, I think it's way easier to find receivers than it is to find many other positions because it's such a passing league and you have so many receivers. Like rookies make an impact quicker now than they ever did before, I think, especially at receiver. It used to be, you know, their first year they'd be adjusting, the second year they'd break out, third year would be their like Pro Bowl year. Like that was kind of the trajectory. But I think guys are quicker to come into the league now. And there's some intriguing guys in this draft. I mean, we'll talk about draft stuff eventually. But so let's let's talk about our activity I mentioned. We're going to go through each of their positions of the need and kind of we're all we're both going to pitch our guy who we think they should sign. We made sure that we didn't have the same one. Um, you can go first. We'll do receivers because that's what we're talking about right now. Okay, let's go with John Brown. Really good deep threat. Played for the Cardinals for a while. Uh, last year played signed a one-year deal with the Ravens. To me, he's a guy that stretches the field. They've kept trying to put these Band-Aids on the team from a you know, uh, a throw-deep standpoint with Torrey Smith and Mike Wallace. No, John Brown's young. He's under 30. He knows how, how to get open. He knows how to run a nine route pretty, pretty well. He's got great speed. I think he could be Carson Wentz's best friend. And I think he'll be cheap. That's the most important thing. Carson's best friend over Jordan Matthews? I mean, if Jordan Matthews is here, which I actually think he will be. I think John Brown makes a ton of sense for this team. We're both thinking the kind of the same thing. I have Tyrell Williams from the Chargers. I think he's an intriguing, like, he's the sort of guy that Howie Roseman is good at finding, like an under-the-radar guy nobody's really talking about. But he's a really good deep threat. He has a good size. He's six foot four. Uh, he's averaged at least 15 yards a catch every year of his career. Watch the Eagles sign Mike Wallace and Torrey Smith to do that. Mike Wallace barely played, obviously. Torrey Smith did not show that. Um, he catches touchdowns. I, he's just like one of those young guys you can sign to a cheaper one- or two-year contract and see if he has something and then make him a part of this core. And he won't really cost that much. So I think you can draft a guy like him. You can, I mean, sign a guy like him and then draft another guy to replace him next year or something like that. That's kind of where I would go with that. Um, we're not really going in order of like what uh, positions are the most important, but Let's I, let's do running back next. I guess let's stick on well, offense. Well, before before you, you, to yeah, your point, ahead. I wanted to yeah, kind of ahead. back up your point. Why I like Tyrell Williams. He's also got size. So he's six foot four and he's two hundred pounds. He's got a good speed size skill set. And so I think what you get there is you want Carson to take some shots. Last year you saw he was kind of throwing over guys' heads. He wasn't as he was accurate. And, and getting into a catch rating, catch radius, but to some smaller wide receivers, it was hard for them to kind of go up and make the catch. Tyrell Williams will get where you needed, where you need to go, at least from a catching radius standpoint. So to have him and Jeffrey, two size threats right there, who know how to use their their size properly, with Nelson in the middle, and then you've got the two tight ends. I think that's really valuable. I think with Brown, you're looking at kind of more of a, a just a pure deep threat guy, more of a Deshaun Jackson type player. That said, though, both, I think, would fit in really well. Yeah. Um, actually, let's go offense, defense. We can go back and forth. Uh, let's do probably the most important position I think we both agree that they need to get is defensive end because I think we both are under the assumption that Brandon Graham will be leaving. Uh, I'll go first here. I I, I put down uh, Zadarius Smith. He's he, I think he because it was 3-4, I think he might have played outside linebacker for the Ravens, but he has a defensive end body type. He's a guy that was drafted when Joe Douglas was there, which is kind of the formula for uh, Eagles free agent. If 
you first first thing you check if he has ties to Joe Douglas, and if he does, then assume he's probably going to sign here. But he's a talented guy. He's young. I think he's 26 years old. He had eight sacks, eight and a half sacks last year. He doesn't need to be like the guy. He's not going to get like double teamed, but he can be a good part of this rotation. He can be the third guy with Michael Bennett and Derek Barnett. And I'm, I'm just really intrigued by him. And and the ties to Joe Douglas, I think just, it make it just makes so much. It makes too much sense. <laughs> you probably know more about him than I do, but just from reading up on him, I like him. Yeah, I mean, I th- here's the problem though. I like I like the fit. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Joe Douglas needs to get out of his own comfort zone. Like we get it. You you thought <laughs> we you drafted we, we you thought you drafted well in Baltimore. You thought you did well in the one year in Chicago. We get it. Like they were going to sign like Perryman you know, and uh, Terrence West and all these guys you know, last year. Courtney Upshaw. It, like, right. It's like, like down. <laughs> we get it. You're almost making it too easy for us to connect the dots. It, 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 we get it. Be you. Start a new leaf. Okay. Anyway, my guy is Alex Okafor. I've been banging the drum for this dude since the end of the season plays for the new Orleans saints really has kind of come into his own a little bit as a run stopper, which I think would appeal to Jim Schwartz. He would be a rotational player. I'm not, I don't think they need to like, if they plan on going defensive end in the draft, they don't need to really break the bank to, to get a defensive end. I don't think they're going to be in the, in the race for Ziggy onside. I don't think they're, I think they're going to look for a mid-level guy, something like, Okafor or Benson um, Mayosa. I, I, I always have problems. Mayoa, I think. Mayoa, yeah, Mayoa. Uh, you know me in names. But, you know, he can give you a, a, a Brandon Grand like presence. He can force pressure. He grayed out really well on pro football focus. He's a guy that isn't probably going to give you a lot of sack numbers, but I think he makes a lot of sense from a, hey, we're going to put you in a rotation, we're going to put you in the wide nine, which you haven't really been able to play in in a full-time role, and we're just going to let you run loose. And I think he would appeal to the Eagles. He's only 28 years old, but he's been in the league for six years, and he's got plenty of starting experience. I like a rotational guy to basically be the new Michael Bennett of this year, because I think Michael Bennett and Derek Barnett will be the starters. So having that Okafor is that third guy, that punch, I think helps yeah Okafor was would have been my pick if I didn't know that you were you were picking to be honest uh but Zadarius appeals to me just mostly because of his youth I think they're they're going towards a stretch where they have to get rid of a lot of guys that are getting towards the end of their careers we don't know if Chris Long is gonna be coming back Michael Bennett he sounds like someone who wants to play a few more years but he is 34 years old so you have to think beyond this year and I don't know if Josh Sweat's sold enough to where you can be confident that he can be like a full-time part of the short just yet and Derek Barnett's coming off an injury so I think those are both even both of those guys if they didn't draft someone hypothetically those would be two guys if you wanted to combine two guys you have a veteran in Okafer and you have a, a young guy in Smith but yeah let's switch back over to offense the position that we both get asked about probably more than any on this roster is running back uh, that was clearly a uh, area of concern last year. A lot of that had to do with injuries. I think we talk a lot about how Ronnie McLeod was an under underrated guy that they lo- they lost, but I think Jay Jai was maybe as underrated if you think about just how he helps that offense. I don't think Ajay is coming back, by the way. But uh, my guy is a guy that I've been talking about since the offseason started, uh, Latavius Murray. He, you know, he, he, maybe he's not like the sexiest pick, but he's been at the top of a running back rotation before. He had a Pro Bowl season with the Raiders in 2015. He had 12 rushing touchdowns in 2016. He was a really good pass catching back with the Raiders. He didn't really do that as much with the Vikings because they, they didn't really throw to the running backs as much. Uh, when Dalvin Cook went down in 2017, he took over. He did a pretty good job, good short yardage. He's a strong runner. Uh, you know, maybe he's not like your bell cow, but I think he, you can be happy if he's your number one and you have Corey Clement and Josh Adams and, and 
and Wendell Smallwood or like a pass catching back out of the draft or something. Yeah, and I think he would appeal to your point to Philly and and vice versa because at, at 29 you want to prolong your career. So I think they could take advantage of his receiving skills. I think they could take advantage of his experience as a member of a rotation, both being a featured guy and the secondary guy. I think he's got enough experience and enough background in the West Coast offense that it would make a lot of sense. My guy would be Mark Ingram. Okay, I think he's the best fit. He's the ideal guy for them. He's great in short yardage. He's a touchdown scoring machine. He's had Pro Bowl seasons. He's been part of a two-headed monster. He knows exactly what you want in the West Coast offense. He's also a pretty decent pass blocker. I think if if he does not re-sign with the Saints, I'm putting money on the table, sign him to a three-year deal. Look, I know he's in his late 20s, but he's been part of a rotation his entire career, so he probably has fresher legs than most guys at his age. Um, and I think he would make a lot of sense. Now, I'm sure we're going to get in the comments about Tevin Coleman. You and I both really like Tevin Coleman. I just think Tevin Coleman's going to get paid a boatload of money. I think he's going to be the guy that sits the running back market in this free agency class, and I have a hard time believing that you would sign him to a boatload of money and then make him part of a rotation or a committee, and I think the Eagles favor a committee. I feel like Coleman's got to get something along the lines of a Jarek McKinnon-type contract, which is probably an overpay, but because he was, you know, Coleman has more history as like a two-headed monster-type guy. He wasn't as productive when he was the full guy, but yeah, he's interesting. I, I th- I'm not exactly sure how much Ingram will get paid. Uh, the only reason why, I think I agree he's the best fit that's available. I, I think he's really good running back. He can catch, he can run. I just don't think he's going to leave the Saints. Like, he loves it there. Him and Alvin Kamara do their press conferences in the locker room together. Like, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, so I don't see him leaving, but we can we can switch back over to defense. I'll let you go first this time. Uh, who you got for defensive tackle? Defensive tackle. I've got to look at it. I, I just... Oh right, I have Danny Shelton. That's why we. That's why partners tell each other things. Um, yeah, Danny Shelton. I know everybody's gonna say, "Oh my God, a run stopper! Why do we need this guy?" Well, Haloti Nada's probably either gonna retire or go on a fishing trip or something. And you know, Timmy Jernigan could resign. He could restructure his his pretty lofty contract or get cut. I also think they're gonna address the position in the draft. But I think you need a good third guy, a guy who can kind of be there on early downs, can be a run stopper, especially in short yardage situations. Sheldon was a first round bust. Don't get don't get it twisted. But he has played very well with the Patriots. And I think he's a guy that Howie Roseman, it makes sense for Howie Roseman to get a guy who comes from a winning program, who's been able to revitalize his career and maybe make him part of a rotation, which I think would, again, appeal to Jim Schwartz, who is first about stopping the run. You know, I I considered Benny Logan here, old name. He is pretty good. Uh, He's still pretty good. He's probably better as part of rotation than a starter. But I I, I settled on uh, Margus Hunt from the Indianapolis Colts. He he started out as a defensive end, and he kind of was a late bloomer. He's already 30 years old, I think. He played defensive tackle for the Colts last year. He has he's from ability. Estonia, right? Yeah, he's the guy. He had that. He was on that season of Hard Knocks. He was like one of the main stories that when when the Bengals were on. Uh, he was pretty good for the Colts last year. He's he had five sacks, which is pretty good out of the middle. But he's more of a run stopping defensive tackle. He'd be really really good as the third defensive tackle. It'd be an upgrade over what Haloni Nada didn't give you last year. Um, <laughs> and I, I personally think they're going to find a way to bring back Timmy Jernigan. So if you have a combination of him and Jernigan rotating next to Fletcher Cox, I think you feel pretty good about yourself. And since he is, he's 31, it looks like. Yeah, he's turning 32 this summer. So 
that's not a guy that's going to get like a long-term contract and he's not like a name that jumps off the page, but he's kind of, th- these are the kind of guys that Howie Roseman is going to sign. He's not going to, like Mark Ingram is like probably the biggest name out of this list that we both have. And even that might be a stretch because I, I, they don't have the, the money to go at. There was like some report that they might go after like a star defensive end or something like that. I just don't see that happening because the, the star defensive ends in this free agency class like are worth going after. You have guys like Clowney, you have guys like, you know, Zeke Alonso has a little injury prone at this stage of career. A guy like Frank Clark is would be at the top of my list for the Eagles. I just don't see that. So a guy like Marcus Hunt, I think, makes a lot of sense. Um, we'll stick on defense real quick. Uh, who you got for linebacker? So, whoops, sorry, I didn't press my mic there. Um, Eli Harold's a guy I like. I think you can make him a multi-position guy. I think he could put his hand down on on the turf and rush as a pass rusher um, on third down in like a speed package at defensive end, but I also think he could turn into a decent Sam linebacker. He's a little bit bigger for, for Sam than you probably want, but he actually did really well in coverage in his one year with the Lions after being traded from the San Francisco 49ers. I think he's an upside signing. You sign him to a two-year prove-it deal, maybe think you can get something out of him. I mean, he's still only 25. He's from Virginia. They seem to like guys from Virginia. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think they're going to break the bank at linebacker. I don't think it's a massive priority to them, as I said earlier in the podcast. So I think Eli Harold's a good upside hiring. Sorry, I lost my mic there too for a second. (laughs) But mine's a little more low-key. I have Kamal Ishmael from the Falcons. He... Used to be, he played, started as their safety early in his career. Uh, they moved him to linebacker. He was pretty productive when he was a starter. Now he's more of a special teams guy. But like you said, that's not a position they really invest in very much. And not only is Jordan Hicks a, a free agent, and I'm not sure if he's going to come back, but Leroy Reynolds, uh, I think DJ Alexander might also be a free agent. And I think there might be one other guy who are all their special teams guys pretty much. So I, I see them more going depth when it comes to linebacker. Maybe they draft someone in the late rounds. They haven't shown a willingness to draft linebackers generally. But Kamal's uh, versatility and his abilities on special teams kind of would be appealing to Howie Roseman, you would think. Um, all right, back on offense. Last offensive business we got is uh, offensive tackle. Mine, I, I have a caveat for mine. So I – I actually think they're going to bring back Jason Peters for one year. I'm not going to use that as my free agent, but keeping that in mind, uh, the guy that I have them signing, I don't know how to say his last name, so I'm going to probably ruin this, but Ty Neschke, the guy from the Redskins. I don't remember. I don't know how to say his last name, but he, he's he been a starter in his career. He's more of a backup at this stage. I think they need an upgrade at the swing tackle position. Vitae is just not going to cut it. And this isn't a guy that has to replace Peters next year. I think they still need a draft to tackle in the draft to eventually replace Peters, unless you think Mylotta is that guy. But I think they need to add a depth piece on the offensive line, and I see him as being that guy. So I think they're going to make a splash here. Trent Brown makes a lot of sense to me if they move away from Jason Peters. So I won't keep uh, – that'll be my caveat. If they move away from him, Trent Brown makes a lot of sense to me. Um didn't play well for San Francisco, ended up with the Patriots, did really, really well as a left tackle. I think he makes a lot of sense for Stoughton. I think he would be good in a zone blocking scheme. I think he would be good in a power blocking scheme. I think he's got some positional versatility. I, I think it makes a lot of sense. 
Yeah, all right. Uh, then, so defense, we have one more position, and we'll explain why we didn't do some other positions, but safety is the last one. Uh, the name I came up with was Andrew Adams. He actually was going to sign with the Eagles practice squad last year, and then I think something came up on, like, his medicals or something. It was something weird. Uh, so he, he wound up not signing with the Eagles, and then he... F- wound up with the 49ers, I believe, and he had a pretty good season. He had four interceptions. He started like 11 games for them. And, oh, the Buccaneers, sorry. Uh, and he's a guy that can be their third safety or their fourth safety, depending on you know what they do in the draft or what they do with Devontae Maddox. But they don't need a starting safety. Like They're they're pretty deep at in the secondary right now, but they do need a safety who can kind of fill that third or fourth safety role because I think you saw the, the lack of depth last year. Well, and like you said, I don't think they're going to go for a starter just because of Rodney McLeod, but a guy I like is Clayton Gaithers from Indianapolis. He's been a guy who's been banged up for the majority of his career, but he has really good size at six foot two and 220. Um, I think he could be a nice in-the-box guy, the third safety. Um, he started at free and strong safety during his career, and, you know, he's still young. I mean, he's only 26, so you have the upside there. I like what they have in Trey Sullivan. I think Trey Sullivan emerged a little bit. I you know, so if he does have some injury woes, you, you sign him to a one-year deal. It's kind of like, you remember back in the day when they signed Marlon Jackson to a, a deal? He didn't work out, but again, he was also from the Colts. But it just makes sense. Um, to me, he's got really good size. I think he's a really talented, smart player. And if he's healthy, there's a lot of upside there. Yeah. All right. So that, that covers all the positions that we think are there obvious positions of need you know a lot of things can change but you know just going through real quick you know we didn't do quarterback uh i think they might draft a project and they probably will do like a sign a training camp arm a christian hackenberg type who can be on the practice squad joe callahan and i don't think they'll, they'll make a splash there unless they traded unless somebody came in with a great offer for nate sudfeld uh i think they're pretty fine at tackle i could see them maybe adding a depth piece at guard just because of brandon brooks's injury but i i don't know i don't I mean, I guess Chance Warmack's free agent. Maybe they'll bring him back as Jeff Stoutlin. He's Jeff Stoutlin's son, I think, his adopted son. Um, <laughs> uh, what else we got? Um, yeah, corner. You know, it's a pretty deep position, and the only reason I could see them maybe bringing another one in is if they decided to trade away, like, Rizal Douglas or something. But in that event, I feel like it would be more likely they'd just resign Ronald Darby. Yeah, I think for me, it's a situation where if you're not going hard and signing a top cornerback or drafting a first-round cornerback, what's the point? You have guys that have developed in your system. You clearly like Jalen Mills at cornerback, despite what everybody else thinks. And, I mean, look, you've invested a second-round pick in Sidney Jones. You've invested a third-round pick in Rasul Douglas, a fourth-round pick in Avante Maddox. Eventually, these guys are going to have to play or pay off for you. You refuse to put Rasul Douglas out there until you absolutely needed to do that. I mean, I don't know what the upside is in drafting or signing a guy and putting a priority on the position if they're not going to be that, you know, number one guy. I agree. And then, you know, your your Lord and Savior Cameron Johnson is a punter, so they're not going to go after a punter. Um, <laughs> uh, Jack Elliott, he's an exclusive rights free agent, but I think we're all pretty confident they're going to sign him to a multi-year deal, probably long term. Uh, he's going to be here a while. He's clutch. Uh, long snapper, they got to resign Rick Lovato. 
maybe franchise tag him. I don't know. You should keep anybody from going after him. What, what would the franchise tag look like for Long Snapper? Actually, I'm curious. Uh, you get <laughs> a travel. You, you get a take home travel thermos, and that's pretty <laughs> that much just it. So funny. Like, like you know what? You know, you a franchise. You're the most important player to, on our to franchise. To me, like their special teams unit's actually in really good shape, and they're also returner all, though. They probably could add somebody. Right. Yeah. And so if we wanted to add returner, Andre Roberts, who just made the Pro Bowl for the Jets, makes a lot of sense. Corey, Corey Grant, Grant yeah. is a guy Jinx. that. I, <laughs> there you go. Corey Grant is a guy I like a lot. Um, covered him in Jacksonville. Very smart. He's not going to give you much as a runner, but he's a pretty decent gadget receiver out of the backfield. He's also a pretty good kick returner. He's coming off a foot injury. I think that makes a lot of sense. You, you kind of, you know, zoomed past the quarterback thing. Nate Sudfeld is going to be a restricted free agent. You and I both think he'll be back. What I think the smart move would be is say, hey, look, agent of, of Nate Sudfeld, Let's give you a two-year deal, okay? And we'll give you guarantees for both years. And that way we can lower your cap number because $3 million for a second-round tender, which is what we're probably going to give you, just doesn't make a lot of sense for us. So what we should do is we'll give you a $1.5 million bonus. We'll pay you $1.5 this year to play, you know, as your base salary, and then next year you'll get $3 million. And that way we can prolong this whole thing. And then he would be on an restricted free agent after that and have a right, chance right. to find a starting job. Right. Whatever, yeah. So, I mean, and this would give him the opportunity, let's say, if Carson stru- uh, struggled off of injury or gets injured again, Nate Sudfeld would be the guy, and then you'd have him at least for another year after that. So I think the Eagles' smart business move is to get Nate Sudfeld locked up. Nate Sudfeld wants to be a starter. He wants to climb that ladder. But I think he, he realizes, and I would assume his his representation realizes how much of an opportunity this is to be in Doug Peterson's system and the potential risk of Carson Wentz. Yeah, I, I think we're both high on Sudfeld and think he's going to be a starter in this league one day. Um, the Eagles are tremendously high on it. Sudfeld. Yeah, I mean, they tell us that every day. So, But, uh, I mean... You would put just based on the last two years, you would put the odds on him starting a game in 2019, assuming Nick Foles isn't here. He would have a pretty good chance of starting at least one game this season. Like, I'd put it at at least 20%. And so that you know, just in my head, I'm just thinking this is. I think he's better than AJ Feely was, but just this feels like a backup coming in has a really. Assuming he has a really good game, then all of a sudden he has value. And, you know, there's going to be teams that need quarterbacks next year. There's always five to six teams that start off the offseason, you think, needing them at least. So I wouldn't be surprised if in 2020 he's on another team. But I think the Eagles are really high on him. I don't think they're just going to get rid of him. Uh, he would have to play pretty well this next season. I mean, I wouldn't put it past Howie Roseman to, like, bring on a veteran to compete with him just to, like, push him a little bit. I don't know what that would mean. I don't know if that would be, like, the level of, like, a Ryan Tannehill or a Josh McCown or, like, a veteran like that. But, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because you need to be absolutely sure – because they, they take this quarterback just very seriously based on the fact that they gave Nick Foles basically $20 million last year. I don't know what it added up to in the end because of all his bonuses and the wins he had and stuff. They gave him that million-dollar bonus that he was a few snaps short of. But I think there's gonna be, there's some guys that aren't going to have find jobs right away. I think you're going to – I could see the Eagles signing a guy to, like, a one-year deal and making him compete with Nate Sudfeld in the preseason. Yeah, I could see somebody like Trevor Simeon or, uh, you know, Taylor Heineke or even – you know, who else is a free agent? Um, somebody like, hmm, uh, Ryan, Ryan Patrick. Griff- <laughs> eh, I don't know about it's, that. It's magic in the Phillies. R- Ryan Griffin was kind of like the Nate Sudfeld of Tampa Bay for a while. He's 
somehow 30 already. I don't know how that happened. And I remember, yeah. I relate everything back to Hard Knocks. I remember when the Bucks were on Hard Knocks a couple of years ago, it felt like they, right. oh no, the Texans, I mean, when because when he was on the Texans, right? Wasn't he on? The, no, that's the tight end, Ryan Griffin. Okay, this is okay. The, and then the Buccaneers, yeah. so the yeah. Hard Knocks season, they were like all high on him and stuff as a third quarterback. And maybe yeah. somebody like Brett Hundley. Uh, um, I, like I mean, it's not, it's not, maybe Alex Tanney. Don't knock, oh, t- don't <laughs> skip over to ta- 30 year old guy. Yeah. <laughs> but, over Davis Webb, yeah. but I think it's more likely that they target a quarterback in like the fifth or sixth round. I like Maybe Jared Pat Stidham. I like Jared Stidham from, yeah, from yeah, Auburn. He makes a lot of sense to me. He's got kind of some he, Carson he fits, the, he fits the Eagles mold. They they only get six foot five quarterbacks who are just like gigantic and pretty athletic. So <laughs> I'm about it. Maybe they look at Easton Stick. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Like that. I think they crossed over like one year at Notre, uh, Notre Dame, North Dakota State. <laughs> tells you how old Carson is right now, you know, for a guy who's only been in the league for three years. But, um, yeah, so, again, I I think that makes a lot of sense. I do think there'll be four quarterbacks in camp who those four quarterbacks are going to be outside of Nate Sudfeld and Carson Wentz. We, you know, that's up to speculation. But I do think they will draft a quarterback. I think that's smart business. I think it makes sense, especially if you only bring Nate Sudfeld back on on the restricted tender because you want to have somebody if he leaves the next year uh, because I doubt you're going to franchise tag him. Yeah. I mean, unless some crazy stuff happens and he leads them to a Super Bowl or something like it's Philadelphia, weird stuff. Imagine it's up to leading them to the Super Bowl. That'd be so. That'd be sad for Carson, but that would just be like, the, oh man, Philly would eat that up. <laughs> I've, I've, like, I'm enjoying on the, all the times we get to talk about Nick Foles and all that stuff, but like, I'm tired of that Nick Foles and Carson Wentz discussion. Like, I'm so over it. <laughs> so now you want the Nate Sudfeld? And oh, Carson I just think that would be so funny. Well, because I've, I've jokingly, I've made that joke about Nate Sudfeld multiple times, and people didn't find it very funny. But <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that's a good uh, point to end on. As mentioned, February 19th is the first day that uh, Nick Foles can be franchise tagged. Would probably do a podcast a day or two after that. I don't think they would do it on the first day, but it's just something to keep in mind as the next week comes. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, leave us some comments, ask some questions, send us some tweets. We'll we can read it on the show. Uh, and, and Mike, you have one last thing to say? Yeah. So we'll be at the combine next week, or two no, weeks. the week two weeks. Sorry. Wow. It just seems like time is. You're is, so excited. Yeah. Time, yeah. So we'll be at the combine. I want you guys to send us players you want us to focus on, at least in those first couple of days, quarterbacks, offensive linemen, wide receivers, running backs. Let's put a focus on that. Let's make you guys part of this, the, the experience. You know, we'll also have Zach go to the owners meetings as well. So we've got a lot coming up, especially around free agency. So make sure you're constantly sending us your questions uh, and we'll get them answered. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. If you don't subscribe, we're on all the apps, including Apple. Uh, leave us a review, leave us a comment. And, uh,